0: or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee, sounds perfect
1: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic, Onobotulinum Toxin A, and iFund Women grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What
5: This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast with iHeartRadio.
6: What's going on, everyone? We're Jared. We're doing a live event for the second time, but this time it's not our help. I suck at dating live. It's even better
7: because we're almost famous live. We're almost famous. The story of our lives, right there. The story of our lives, and we're live with almost famous. Uh, of course, Dean and Jared here, uh, host of the iHeartRadio podcast. Help! I suck at dating. We're very excited to be like the opening act over here for Ashley and uh, Ben.
6: Yeah, well, that's the funny thing, too, is we're the opening act. So, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, listen, all the greats at one point or another were opening acts. Bob Dylan, the Beatles, I'm sure at one point in their I career, opening for someone bigger than them. It's our moment to shine. Baby, we can't
7: mess this up. Well, I'm hoping next year, uh, Tanya and Becca will open up for us. And then, like, we'll right. just go full circle. You know what I mean?
6: Right, right, right. Well, someone will have to open for Tanya and Becca, too. Next year, there's going to be some other people. Yeah. But, you know,
7: you know. They got to work their way up, you know. Right, right, right. Um, Tonight is about Ben Ben Higgins and his brand new book that he worked incredibly hard uh, on for over a year. You know about it already. Alone in Plain Sight. Uh, This is Ben's brand new book. It's fantastic. Uh, I can't praise it enough, Um, and we're just super excited for him, and Ben's going to be obviously here with Ashley and answering questions about the book and uh, how he wrote it, uh, what inspired him to write it, Um, so I'm very excited. I am very excited, Dean. I mean, I'm excited,
6: too. Anything that involves Ben, I'm always on board with. Um, I'm still waiting for, for my time with Ben where we can sit down together and he can just read me his own book page for page. Mm -hmm. That's really – that's going to be, I'm sure, the highlight of my 2021. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to.
7: Well, set the scene for us. So, uh, like, what – is it going to be a dark, dim room, and there will be, like, a little spotlight on Ben? Perhaps he's maybe wearing some glasses, drinking a scotch, smoking a cigar while he whispers sweet nothings, including his introduction of the book uh, into your ear?
6: Before I paint the setting for exactly how I anticipate Ben to read me his own book, uh, I do want to tell, well, I think we should both tell everyone that's watching right now that we can read the comments. So be sure to send in any questions you have in the comments, and we want to answer them here live on Almost Famous Live for Ben's book. Um, Anyways, back to the setting where I imagine Ben reading me his book. You know, There's going to be a lot of candles. uh, (laughs) That's obvious. It's got to be in the van, too. So... Uh, A cigar being smoked in the van probably a little bit of a fire hazard, Um, but yeah, candles all over. You know, I hope that the thing is, I want there to be like some sort of like oil where uh, you know it could be like kind of like a joint, book reading slash massage. But I don't know how that would necessarily work. Um, But I I think there's a way that we can make it work. Um,
7: Oh yeah, I want Ben to be making this face the entire time he's reading it to you. No smile. Right no nothing just this face and he doesn't and he doesn't break
6: eye contact the entire time either
7: no obviously he always looks away eye contact then you're then then it makes it weird like we don't want to make this weird
6: right we want the the eye contact to not be broken that makes it less weird
7: um yes so of course everybody please send in your questions we'd be more than happy to answer like we said before dean and i are the opening act so we're going to be here for another five maybe ten minutes uh and then of course ben and ashley you're usual almost famous host will be here. Uh and there'll be some special guests uh coming in throughout the the evening, including possibly, I don't know, a guy who maybe has made a margarita or two down in a beach in Mexico. Uh we also have some former bachelor contestants that are gonna come on uh that of course you know their names. We know their names. Um but we do have a question in the chat. Dean, do you want to read it to us? Uh, Well,
6: yeah, so I see a question here. Jared, what is your favorite Ben memory or moment?
7: Ooh, favorite Ben memory. Uh, So I I actually wrote this in a a caption when I was promoting Ben's book. Before the wedding, Dean, you were passed out, so I don't know how much you remember this, but we were all hanging out uh, at a house that one of the guys rented, and it was all the groomsmen, all you guys. Ben was there. My dad was there and uh that is definitely one of my favorite memories ever with ben and and uh we ben and i somehow like made our way outside and it was just the two of us in the driveway and uh, no we did not make out but i would have totally been down for that but sorry ashley it's, i'm joking anyway um but we we were in the driveway for like 15 minutes just talking about life and how crazy it was that we here I am about to get married to someone that I met on a reality TV show surrounded by some of my closest friends that I met from said reality TV show. So that is definitely one of my favorite Ben memories. What about you, Dean?
6: Uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, I would say mine uh, would have to center around every time Ben and I see each other for the first time in a long time. and I, I think this uh, Ben goes back doing this with like a lot of his buddies so this is not just a me memory i'm sure a lot of his friends have a very similar memory of him but he always goes everybody watch out higgy's here every time he walks into a room and it is the most electrifying thing i think i've ever experienced every time i experience it it just it's it's absolutely amazing uh and that happened after ben and i hung out a lot on winter games and so every time i see ben that's that he screams out at the at the top of his lungs uh, and then gives the biggest bear hug. So it's just, that's like one of my favorite Ben things. Uh, He's like
7: Wayne the Rock Johnson. He's just the most electrifying man in, in professional sports. It's electric.
6: Plays- it's absolutely electric. It's it's absolutely electric. Um, Jared, this question is from Sophia. What are your Valentine's Day plans?
7: Uh, I'm going to cook for Ashley. We're going to stay home. Uh, and uh, I'm going to cook. I made a pizza a couple last week or a couple days ago. I forget. But I'm going to make a pizza for her again. She loved it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I might have some flowers or, or something along those lines, ready to go. Maybe some chocolates. Uh, but yeah, we're going to stay in, have a bottle of wine I'm going to cook for. And that's our Valentine's day. What about you?
6: Nice. So you're staying in for it, huh? Uh,
7: yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's going to be crazy out there. Probably restaurants are gonna be packed, you know, packed with social distancing, obviously. Yeah, so right. just better to stay home.
6: Yeah, it's going to be very similar for us. We're probably going to stay home. Um, I'll probably try to cook something. But we're, it's like so funny because even like for New Year's, it's like, and obviously like we're in a pandemic, so no one's really doing anything. But like, I was like sleeping by 8.30 p.m. on New Year's. Uh, Valentine's Day is definitely another one of those days where it's like, you can go to restaurants and that's great, but it's like, it's a, it's like safer to stay in and, and do it yourself. And B, it's just like, it's more enjoyable anyways. Like I would rather just stay home and have like a nice meal and a couple of ba- glasses of wine. Um, so that's probably what we're going to be doing. I
7: think. Well, that sounds like a great night. And then of course, like you said, nobody's doing anything except for Tom Brady. Uh, he's having boat parades down in Tampa. Oh, there's Oh my God. I almost said Pippa. Uh, um, okay. um, we just had someone, Kylie just asked, where is Pappy? And he was sitting right next to me. He just wanted to say hi real quick. Pappy. Oh, Lois is way over there. I can't get her. Um, also, it's Jordan's birthday. Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy um, birthday, um, Jordan. If you want to if you want a sh- uh, shout out uh, from Ashley, just go to cameo.com. Uh, and uh, you can book us there. <laughs> what a shameless plug. On Facebook. I'm kidding. Jordan, happy birthday. Uh, we hope it's a great one. Thank you so much for tuning in uh this one also is uh from from odette beautiful name dean how are you and kaylin doing are you guys gonna have kids soon (laughs) oh
6: Odette, that's a that's a funny question oh we're doing good you know no complaints we uh it's funny because like we definitely you know obviously i've been spending a lot of time together with quarantine well not uh you know with just this whole pandemic that's going on so we've been spending a lot of time together um and there are times where we get like a little ir- irritated with each other but for the most part uh, on, on the grand in the grand scheme of things things are going well we like done a good job of like giving each other space when we need it uh and and when we are together everything is fine uh and, and we're not gonna have kids uh anytime in the near future whatsoever pappy's enough for us for for the next 5 10 15 years but you know
7: oh, i'm sure kaylin's on the same page with you on that one 15 years yeah, so you fit 20, maybe 30. Uh, well, we'll see. You guys want to rush into things, obviously. I also noticed, Dean, that the flow is coming back. Your hair looks quite nice. Well, you know, actually, it's funny because I was going to tell you that I think, did you get a haircut? I did. I trimmed it up. You did. I was getting—I was liking how
6: messy it was getting. You were looking like very uh, legal, la, la, like Titanic or something like that.
7: I looked like I could have a van myself. Uh, it was getting pretty shaggy.
6: Right. I i, I would thought that there was going to be one day we'd be driving down the highway. I looked to my left and there you are. Driving your conversion van down the road.
7: Yeah, I wonder what Ashley, I would, we should honestly do that for just for Instagram content. I think Ash and I should live in a van for a month and just see what happens. I want
3: to see Ashley.
7: I
6: would, I would give you uh, anything you wanted. I would give you Pappy for a month. I would, I would pay you money to try living in the van for the month. I mean,
7: one, well, the money's great, but honestly, Pappy's enough. I'd love to live with Pappy for a month. I think you would be fine in the van. I just can't imagine Ashley. No, well, you can't bl- bring an entire glam room into the van. And the, the one I'm in right now, literally, the lighting's so good because she has this huge, like, five foot vanity. I don't think that's fitting in the van doors.
6: It, uh, the vanity in the van, I don't know, it could work. Uh, maybe one day, Jared, maybe one day. Anyways, you guys, you, you bared with us for a solid 10 minutes. Uh, we're so sorry you had to sit through all of that. But the main event is coming up. Ben and Ashley are going to be hopping on uh for their live almost famous uh is there anything that uh we want to say before we get out of here are we staying or are we leaving uh i think we're
7: bringing ben in hey you're out of here everybody watch out (laughs) (laughs) it's
6: electric It's electrifying i don't know
4: i don't know oh boys thank you so much for the introduction uh you guys are great i i know you have a lot going on in life but the fact that you came here to hang out with us tonight is is very, very special. Um, also, Dean, I think you and I need to talk. I'm sure the people out there listening could get on board with this. Ashley Iconetti in a van for two weeks. Two weeks would all be I need. And it would be incredible. I'm down. Let's do it. That
0: would be fun. Well, actually, yeah. that wouldn't be fun. That wouldn't be fun. That would be funny. <laughs>
6: funny right? That would be funny. <laughs> think about, think about. You know, when you're old and gray, you could look back and be like, "Remember those two weeks I lived in that van?" Let's That's what, that van. It's one of
0: those adventures that I feel like you would not enjoy experiencing, but the memories would be really good. Have your guys ever had a vacation like that?
6: Yes, absolutely. I would say like any big excursion I go on, I'm like, this is horrible. And then you look back and you're like, okay, that was actually pretty epic.
4: Yeah. That was special. Well, hey, uh, just to give a rundown of tonight, we do have somebody that makes margaritas, drinks on the beach coming on here to hang out. He's somebody special. Uh, We did have uh, Jared and Dean and you guys are great. Again, it's Help I Suck at Dating, which is a great podcast. It's very fun, good content. It's not only bachelor focused, but you kind of expand outside of that world. Uh it's been what three years now? Yeah, we're we're in our fourth wow. year. We're going strong.
7: Yeah, only getting stronger.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I have a feeling there's more to that. Uh also uh to let everybody know tonight, uh tonight a portion of the proceeds are going to save our stages. In fact, right before this, I did a meet and greet, and Ashley did a meet and greet as well with a few people who are watching right now. And I got to talk to a, a wonderful young woman who works in New York City. Uh, in the theater industry and she was telling me how much she's been affected by covid i mean it's been shut down and they're talking about another you know 6 to 12 months before broadway can even book again uh and so you know that's 6 to 12 months where your career's been put on pause uh and so it's a big deal and it's needed it's not going to talked about enough so a portion of the proceeds tonight are going to save our stages and hey what stops you from going out there and just donating to them on your own yeah yeah
0: absolutely so true i miss broadway
4: um hey uh, you know I'm going to ask you guys to stick around for a second because Dean said something a little bit ago. Um, and here's the next thing in the, in this live show tonight. I'm going to read to everybody and I would love for, if you guys could give me 10 minutes that I could read to you. Um, that would mean a lot to me, um, yeah. everybody out there. Um, so real quick, I'm going to intro the book if that's okay.
0: Uh, yes, Ben, this is your show. We want it totally to be about you. So, <laughs> You just, just seriously take it from here. Read anything you want. We're excited.
4: Yeah, hey, you can
7: read the paper if you want, your book. Um well, well, hey,
8: listening you too,
0: for, so. uh,
4: for everybody out there watching. This is a really big deal to me. Um, and uh, Alone in Plain Sight is a project that started two years ago. I'll tell you a little bit of background. Uh, I was going through a really weird time in life where I was feeling super disconnected, uh, very isolated, really alone, um, and confused on how uh, to even get there. Uh, to get back to a place of connection or if I ever had been at a place of connection. So I started journaling all these thoughts down because I was going through counseling, kind of advising me to write down my thoughts when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was disappointed, lonely, and try to point to the common threads in it all. And uh, as I wrote this, I kind of just continued to compile my thoughts, uh, expound on them a bit. And One day, uh, Thomas Nelson Publishers came to me uh, and they said, would you ever want to write a book? And I said, "Uh, I would love to write a book. Uh, I just don't know what to write about. Uh, I don't want to really write a tell-all. I don't have many secrets to share. Uh, the show was was pretty easy on me. Uh, and so I don't have a lot of hidden secrets to it. Uh, and they said, well, what else could you speak on? I said, well, I, I do write a lot in my journal. And they said, if you wouldn't mind making that your book, uh, that would be fantastic. What's your journal about? And so then I had to start going back through my journal and finding common themes um, that I could, uh, I could find uh, that would allow me to tell a story. So here's a theme I came up with. Uh, as I looked through the things that connected us the most as humans, I found two things in common, uh, one of which will be shockingly dark and heavy, and it's what I'm going to read about in a second. The other one uh, is still kind of heavy and dark, but I hope it gets to a place of light for all of us. Uh, the one thing that we all have in common is that we're going to die, and, uh, and that that sucks. I know it's not fun to think about. I know it's weird to think about, but it's true. Um, I know a lot of us watching this, a lot of us here have had family members who have passed away. It's affected us us deeply. And yet we're all like we're all uh, connected through that shared pain, which is to my second point. Uh, I think we can all have things that we celebrate in life. However, I've met people that I would argue uh, have never felt true joy, uh, full joy and full happiness, given uh, their circumstance on where they were born, uh, given their family dynamics. Uh, they've never been able to fully celebrate anything. Uh, that's not something to scoff at. It's just truth. And so that can't be the thing that connects us. I, can, I don't think we can we can confidently say that everybody in this life, which is a crazy thing to think about on its own, has experienced hope and joy. So on the reverse side of that, one thing that we all have experienced is pain and sorrow and suffering. We all have moments that we've felt pain. We've all had moments that we felt mm-hmm. sorrow. And so yes, uh, that's not really fun to think about, but what if, what if it's, that is the thing that connects us the most? What if as humans, that's the place that we can come together and say, I understand. I'm going to offer you more grace, more love, more understanding, more patience, more kindness, because I know that in your life you've been hurt and I don't want to hurt you anymore. And I don't want to add to that hurt. So I want to sit with you in that pain and sit with you in that hurt and help us all move forward. Okay. So that's what the book comes from. So it's, a pe- for, it's for people who feel disconnected, um, isolated, alone, misunderstood. And I I hope for the reader when they're done reading it, they feel less alone uh, and they feel more purpose filled, more valuable and more connected than ever. But through the process of writing the book, I was able to uh, one day uh, this girl's friends reached out to me. Her name was Annie. And um, her friend texted me, said, Annie's a big fan of The Bachelor. Would you do a video for her? Annie doesn't have long to live and she wants a video from some of her favorite people. So I said, yeah, I would. So I did a little video for her and it was just saying, hey, Annie, thinking about you. And I sent it and her friend responded with, thank you, Annie loved the video so much. And there was something in that moment that just didn't feel right to me. It felt, uh, this will be a, a pretty popular word, I believe, in the next uh, couple of weeks uh, for Bachelor Nation, but it felt performative. It felt fake. It felt uh, like I was being a fraud. I sent a video to somebody who is who is 22 years old and who doesn't have a long to live. And I was, what, going to feel better about myself? Uh, and so I texted her friend back and I said, uh, hey, if you wouldn't mind, can I call Annie? Uh, I just... of want to and so she gave me her number annie and i started texting back and forth here's annie's story because i'm not going to read the whole chapter i'm going to read about three pages from it but annie uh was 22 years old uh her family's really great i talked to her dad three days ago but uh she's she was 22 years old uh she was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis she had two lung transplants and she was when i was texting with her she had a week before found out that she had just been uh um declined for her third lung transplant. So she had three weeks to live and she was literally suffocating uh, as we spoke. And at that time, I wanted to learn from Annie. Uh, What would it look like if you knew you had a limited amount of time left? What would it look like if the one thing that I believe connects us as people, if you were facing it head on, knowing you weren't gonna stop it, it was a train coming at you, what would you wanna do? I clicked the number and typed, hi Annie, this is Ben Higgins. Caroline, give me your number. I hope it's okay for me to text you. Annie texted right back. I didn't have, um, I don't have her first text still, but I did save many of those that followed. I can't bring myself to delete them. They feel sacred to me. They're still on my phone as we speak. Uh, I told Annie how she had inspired me. She replied, yeah, I'm trying to turn this into something positive. I always wanted to make an impact on this world, and now I'm finally getting the chance. I always wanted to get into YouTube or something, but I was afraid of being judged. Didn't know if anyone would want to hear what I had to say. It was my dream job because I can't have a regular job since my immune system is so suppressed. I was sad at first thinking, finally, I can do my dream job. Like maybe I have the platform and it kind of broke my heart thinking that all my dreams are coming true when my life is coming to an end. It didn't seem fair, but I'm not going to think like that. Instead, I'm using it to push me to get better and better so that I can live out my dreams for as long as I can. We texted back and forth for a while that day and some of the next and the next until talking with her was like talking to any of my other friends. She kept asking me, but I she kept asking about me, but I wanted to know about her. Her attitude in the face of death just blew me away. Even though Annie was only 22, she seemed to have uh, have a much better grasp on life than nearly anyone I'd ever met. And that's what I really wanted to ask her about. I texted her one day. You spoke about wanting to help people recognize the fragility of life. In your 22 years, what have you learned about life? What do you tell people? She replied, I've definitely learned a lot. And I've spoken at many events about many different things, such as organ donation, finding a cure for CF, motivational speaking. But one thing I've always said was that I'll never let CF define me, cystic fibrosis. I never kept it hidden, but it was just a part of me. I always made my message about how I was was a fighter and how I'd never give up. If I gave in, then I'd be letting CF win and take over. I knew I was going to die earlier than most. And I always said that as long as we cherish every moment and take the time to live life, our lives would be worth it. I wept as I read those words. I knew I was going to die earlier than most. And I always said that as long as we cherish every moment and take the time to live life. Our lives would be worth it. I promise only two more pages. I'm not going to read this whole chapter. Um, I had just turned 30, which is one of those birthdays where people act like you're old, but you aren't. Before I met Annie, I felt like I had all the time in the world in front of me. But reading her text, I tried to see the world through her eyes. Life is so short. It just keeps getting pushed, it just keeps pushing you along like one of those moving walkways in the airport. We jump on and move forward while life moves past us. We watch it go by, but we are moving too quickly to grasp anything until we hit the very end. And by then it's too late. Annie's life was shorter than most, but life for everyone is just a breath. I'd always known this, but up until that moment, I'd done nothing to get out in front of it or prepare for it. That doesn't mean I would never thought about death. I have moments where I lay in bed and my mind starts wandering and a darkness sweeps over me. I ask myself, what if? The only thing I've ever known is breath. Their sun, and there, our family and faith and love and friends and celebration and laughter and tears and life. But what if it were all taken away? If it's not the right word, because it will be all taken away someday. The only question is when? Can I be honest with you? Thinking about my own mortality and how fragile life is really scares me. Just to think that everything I've ever known, everything I take for granted, everything I've loved, all of it will be gone in the blink of an eye as this life comes to an end. I am but a breath and so are you. And here was this beautiful young woman telling me to cherish every moment. I texted her back. One more page. What is something you would tell someone who is young and healthy to look for in life? Her reply was the second half of her last text. I'm going to include all of it because she nails exactly what i want this chapter to say then this is annie then when i needed to go to the third lung transplant i knew i had to fight again and i was super tired the last three years wild in terms of all the crazy health things that went on the doctors all told me that if i didn't go for a third no one would judge me because no one knows if it will even work since there's only been 11 in the us and three at duke where i was going but i told them nope i'm going to fight i told them if i just get one week uh if i just get one week being able to breathe again it would all be worth all the pain and the torture and then i was told it was over and there was nothing more they could do i was scared and frustrated and felt like i was disappointing everyone i didn't just fight by myself i had friends families doctors i had my army behind me fighting too i wanted to continue to fight for them and for myself when that video was taken that went viral the video that i was a part of I was so out of it. I was told I had 40 hours to live, and so my friends wanted to cheer me up. I was so happy and grateful that all these people were reaching out to me. But part of me ma- but part of part of it made me sad because, yeah, I would love to meet Taylor Swift, but the way it was happening was because I was dying. I saw news articles saying, "Gravely sick girl's final wish was to meet Taylor Swift." That's not me. Yes, I had only two weeks to live, but I'm so much more than just a sick girl. My friends and family all explained to me that they thought that they just need clickbait and that everyone would see that I fought my whole life speaking about about life and how fragile it is. So we have to cherish everything in the moment and just be happy. I want the world to hear my voice because this is such an important message, as simple as it is. I'm sure I have to stop uh, reading, right? Am I out of time?
0: It's really your show. Yeah.
4: It's not my show.
7: Well, anyways. um, Well, that was a beautiful passage. And, Annie, I like as someone as a reader, um, I'm really glad that you shared Annie's story because it really uh, puts a lot of perspective for me as well. Like you said, I'm someone who definitely takes things for granted and time, and I get so stressed about things that should not matter. And I think some reading someone's story like Annie's uh, just you know makes me look at life in such a different lens.
0: Yeah, when you think back on all the passages in the book, I think Annie's is one of the ones that I felt, like personally, yeah. just like hit me a little harder.
6: It is crazy how someone ten years your junior can give you so much more perspective on life, you know? Absolutely. Her family reached out two days ago. Um, yeah, Annie's been gone for uh, a
4: year and a half now, um, and I read that chapter because I, I think. If in tonight's thing, like, you know, I was sitting here before and I haven't had a lot of time to celebrate this book. Uh, launching a book's really weird. You like work on this thing for a long time, you package it up, you get super excited about it. It gets out there in the world and you have no clue how to gauge it. Like, I, you know, I'm not a New York Times bestseller, um, you know, and, and that's great. I didn't expect to be, but it's, it's like this weird thing where it's like, how, what is, what is success or how do you celebrate this or what does it mean? And I think the thing that I want to celebrate and get to celebrating more of is the fact that there's a book out there that I wrote that I took a lot of time on. And that's really cool. And I don't want to take that for granted. I, I don't. And I, and I want people watching this to to look at the things around them right now, like the fact that you have your arm around Ashley, Jared, or that Dean has Pappy sleeping next to him um, right now. Like those are things to celebrate. And I read that because I hope somebody out there watching this can just recognize that even when when things are really tough and when life is but a breath and moving past you faster than you can imagine and there's chaos and there's confusion and you don't know when to speak and what to say, you don't know what to celebrate anymore, that maybe just possibly we can slow down for enough time to celebrate the fact that we're here Um, and the fact that 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 matters quite a bit. So. Um, that's why I read that. Annie's story goes on, um, to talk more. You can read the whole thing for yourself if you go and, and pick up the book, but her story moves on, uh, until the moment that obviously the text stop and, uh, Annie was no longer with us. And I got a text from her friend Caroline telling me that Annie was no longer with us, but I have been able to contact her family and, um, and talk with her dad and, and see that. And it, it still kind of tears me up a bit. Um, but, uh, it was a special life. So anyways, that's a piece of alone and plain sight. I promise you, I do promise you that the book is not this, like if it's, I hope it doesn't send you into a, a tailspin of that was the, that'd be the opposite of what my intention was. I hope it kind of confronts the heavy things and pulls you back out
7: of it to a place where truth or, or, or understanding comes from. No, it was, it was beautiful, my friend. And, yes. And um, yeah, it's just awesome. So, Keep up the good work. I think Dean and I, unfortunately, do have to get out of here because you guys do have guests. Uh, You are popular people. Um, So love you, buddy. Congratulations. We're so excited for you. Thanks for coming on.
5: Love
0: you. What keeps baby skin healthy? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
1: The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day, whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade. At the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See Home Depot.com.
9: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: As every parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. Even Duracell's packaging is child-secure and designed to avoid accidental opening. Because they believe that their product should provide more than just power, they should also provide peace of mind. Learn more at duracell.com powersafely power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes.
10: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, All right,
0: well, Ben, um, we have Wells up first, and I know that you, I want you to lead all these conversations. I'm really just an audience member, um, but we're gonna talk about, you know, how how the stories in your book. Like, if, if I, I believe this is your intention, that like you're gonna ask, kind of us, our moments in our lives that we felt the most alone, and like what we learned from them,
8: right?
4: Yeah, yeah, I have a couple questions lined up for each one of these guests uh, specifically, and you're gonna be answering every one of those questions uh, along the way. So I'm putting you in the hot seat, uh, Ashley and Wells. Welcome to the Almost Famous Live show celebrating uh, alone in plain sight. You are a good looking fellow.
5: <laughs> Sorry, I had to step out because I was crying listening to that little excerpt, and I had to go powder this because it was bad. I was wondering, are you going to read the excerpt um, about when you went uh, from the book that talks about when you met me and how happy your life became afterwards? Or is that the yeah, yeah,
4: next one? Uh, that's in the acknowledgements uh, that haven't been included yet.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 I was just, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if we wanted to do it now or later, but yeah, that's fine. Your thing.
0: All right, Ben, what's your first question for
4: both of us? Uh, I look at the two of you. I'm going to compliment you guys uh, uh, because I love you both very much. I think you both know how much I care about you both. Um, There is a big section in here on friendship and the idea of community. So I'm going to ask you both two questions about this. One of them is, Wells, when you think of your friendships, Ashley, you're going to answer the same question after he does. Uh, When you think of friendships, what do you look for in friendships? What makes a friendship worth investing into?
5: Ladies first. (laughs)
0: okay well i would say that probably just like compatibility and common interests at first in a friendship and then just like being able to talk to each other like completely judgment-free right to be able to vent but not to feel guilty about your need to vent but also to um to like know that even if you're not saying like the most pleasant things that they get it
5: i like that Um, I'd say loyalty is pretty important to me, um, in terms of friendship. Like I need to know that if, uh, if we go to the club and I do, I say something stupid, I need to know that you're not going to go tell, uh, everyone about it. I need to know that you're on my team. All right.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
5: Um, what else is important? I think that we need to, uh, B- both like Seinfeld. That's important. Like,
0: you need those common interests to bond you immediately, I'd say.
5: Yeah, you can't be a terrible golfer because then what are we going to do on Saturdays? You know, all that stuff. That's why Ben and I are so close because we're just both amazing golfers.
4: Both <laughs> fantastic golfers. I'm going to try a different internet because this is really frustrating me. This is a little better.
0: Yeah, sounds good right now.
4: Okay, well... One of the cool parts uh, about both those things that I think is really interesting is like we do need friendship, right, though? Uh, And that's kind of what the book talks about is the power of community uh, and the fact that community makes our lives more rich. um, It makes our lives more valuable, oftentimes more complex. It's not always easy to enter into those friendships. Uh, But, you know, you both talked about that idea that friends do matter. Neither neither one of you said, hey, I don't really need friends in my life. i don't really need to have other people enter in you both have been friends to me through your time on the bachelor so my second question for you guys on through your time is on the bachelor uh has it increased your your I- ideas of community and your friendships or has it kind of like pushed those friends aside
0: oh i feel like the bachelor had actually got to create a community for me that I feel like I never had because I was always that person who had friends like in different groups and I was never in a sorority or anything like that and yeah I just felt like all my friends were kind of separate like I'd have four core girlfriends that we would you know go to concerts and hang out with like very sex in the city like but besides that there wasn't like a community feel and the bachelor gave me that and that was very exciting but something I didn't know that I really needed until it started happening. Or like, I didn't think that it would enhance my life as much as it did.
5: Yeah, I think enhancement is a good word for this question. Like I always had my friends and and my close knit like crew, but um, it it gave me like this whole other layer of of community that I didn't have before even know that I needed it. And also gave me a bunch of people that, um, understood the weirdness that my life turned into, which I think was important because a lot of my older friends just really couldn't relate. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say the whole bachelor thing did such a great job of bringing, um, so many more people into my lives, like these two idiots right here <laughs> and this beautiful woman right here who's bringing me a
0: drink <laughs> See, that's amazing um i have a question about friendship do you guys remember the first friend you ever made yes okay ben who is it like how did it Jim
4: go James Poe is his name. Uh, I was on the playground playing pickup basketball. I was an only child, so I came into school without any friends, really any connection. I kind of lived in a place that didn't have a lot of people my age, so I didn't really know anybody coming into school. And he was a good basketball player, and he was the coolest kid in our grade. And so I went out, and I started playing one-on-one against him. And he he's like, how about we play tomorrow? And I and I knew he was my first friend. That's how my oh. first friendships are. Were. we're still friends to this day.
0: That's so cute. It's well
5: Uh, my first friend, uh, was Ryan Palachi. Um, I met him in preschool and he was my first best friend and he still is my best friend. And, um, I was the best man at his wedding and he'll be in mine and, um, yeah, I, my favorite memory, (laughs) my favorite memory of him is, uh, there was this fort we had, uh, down the street and there was, it was like in this big, uh, hollowed out tree. Right. And so like the fort was on top of the tree, but you could go in like down to the ground and the tree was, was like hollowed out around you. And one day he had, uh, he had diarrhea and (laughs) he went in there to diarrhea and, uh, our parents came to drive up and was like, where's Ryan? Where's Ryan? We're looking for Ryan. And I was like, "He's diarrheaing in the tree right
4: now. it was yours.
0: Um, their names were Christina and Jessica Musto. And it this is a sad story in the way that, like I am no longer attached to them. So much so to the point that when I friended them on Facebook about six years ago, they go, I'm sorry, who are you? And I'm like, well, that's sad because I have vivid memories about you guys literally calling my name and be like, Ashley, come out to play. That's what they'd always, that was their calling card for me. And then I'd go downstairs and so their their parents owned the apartment that we were living in as a kid. And uh, we'd always just play in their yard.
4: Well, hey, I do. I will say this to close that thought then, I do think there's a power in community. I think it creates memories. I think it helps us uh, become more understood. And I like, kinda like Wells was saying, I think it helps us be our freest versions of ourselves. Wells, thanks for coming on tonight. I love you, buddy. You're a good friend to me always. Uh, but before you go, I do wanna give a couple shout outs. Uh, you are a fan favorite. Absolutely, people love you, not only from your time on the show, but your time after the show. You have been the bartender from Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, which is weird that you're probably best known for that from the whole show now, considering you're on a season, but that's a whole different deal. Uh, You are the host of the Wells Cast podcast. You sit down with celebrities, experts, newsmakers to find out uh, where they came from and how their story began. It's a really cool podcast, and you and I share very similar interests in music, and I listen to that because I know your perspective is always something to listen to. Wells, thanks for joining us tonight.
5: Ben, thanks so much for having me. So proud of you for doing this. I know this was tough. We, you've been telling me about this for a long time now and to see it come to light, come to fruition is just uh really inspiring. I like, I, the fact that you were able to write these, this many pages. I know
0: that's what amazing.
5: I want to do. Well, like, it I just took two that, years for me to do that. It's not that impressive. No, I just think like, back awesome. to like, my days of like writing essays. And I just think if I were to write a book, there would be a lot of like furthermore, uh, <laughs> and, like a lot of those things that you'd like, try to get the word count up. So this is impressive, bro. Uh, and that's also, wonderful. I've read a little bit of it. And it's an uh, absolutely beautiful book. So you should be really proud. And I'm proud to be your buddy. And um, I can't wait for the second one that's all about me. So, you know. <laughs> Love
4: you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Bye.
3: Yeah.
7: Bye.
0: For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand.
1: The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See Home homedepot.com As every
0: parent knows, kids seem to be everywhere all at once. It's tough for even the most watchful mom and dads to protect their little ones from every single thing. Duracell understands that. That's why they're deeply committed to lithium coin battery safety. Lithium coin batteries power many important things around people's homes, including things that young children may have access to. Learn more at Duracell.com power safely. Available on 2032, 2025, and
10: 2016 sizes. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee.
7: June 30th, 2024. Hey, Blake. What's up, hey,
8: buddy?
4: Hey, what's up, guys? Hey Blake. Hey, good how to are see we? you. Well, Ashley, to answer that, Ashley was just asking me how you put so many words in a book. Well, one, it's really easy when it takes two years. Uh, you move very slowly and you gather a lot of stuff. And you you know what helped me? And so you'll see a second name on that um, cover, Mark Tab. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was about... Uh, seven months left in the writing process, I believe, for me. And I hit a wall, a bad wall, uh, especially for the last two sections of the book. I was no longer able to pull out anything emotionally inside of me. So one thing that we started doing was I voiced a lot of the chapters. I think I told you this, Ashley. I would walk through and talk through how I wanted the chapters to go, what I wanted to say, what should be included. And Mark helped me formulate a lot of these thoughts into like a readable format. Um, for the probably last... Yeah, I'd say 40 pages or so. He was actively involved in that. And then I would write all of it down and then he would take it. And it was a good partnership. Now, that was one way. I can't take all the credit for this, but I can take credit for the words that are in there. Uh, Those are my words. I cannot take credit uh, for being able to organize this in such a readable way completely because uh, I did have a lot of of help. And I think most authors do. I think most authors that just have one name on the title probably have a huge editing team behind them that are coaching along. I just thought... Hey, this dude sat with beside me and asked me a bunch of hard questions. And so let's throw his name on the title because he's incredible. Uh, Blake, I have a question Hi. for you, man. Tonight, yes. our guests are going to be able to talk about what you're up to. And I can't wait for that. We'll close with that. Uh, but each guest that are, is coming on, I've kind of, um, kind of picked out some questions from the book that I just want to ask you personally. And this is one that... Um, is interesting to me because of your story. And, and then Ashley is going to answer this as well. The question for you is you've been open about your you know, your time on the show and also your time with mental health. I know you've talked about it a lot. It's it's not really something that's hidden at this point. But within those moments, uh, something that doesn't get do- dove into very often is how alone you felt. Um, and, uh, and I want to ask you just the, the, the simple question of, is there a moment in your life that you felt alone? If it's about the show, that would be great because people watching probably do enjoy the show uh and if so how did you work through that what did it feel like uh and actually i'm gonna ask you the same thing
12: Ooh, um you know i'm sure that there are you know obviously the biggest moment that sticks out to me when i've i felt the you know the loneliest uh was definitely coming off of paradise um you know and that was that was for multiple reasons that was a very difficult time for me but um when i say alone it's not that you know i had family around me i had friends it wasn't in the sense that i was actually physically alone it was more in the sense that i felt like nobody could relate to what i was going through and you know i was almost scared at times to talk about what i was going through because um it was you know shamed or looked down upon uh to be you know anxious depressed especially as a man and the stigma that comes with that and so i felt alone in the sense that nobody you know what could relate to what i was going through so that's why in your book at times, Ben, it's, and, and, you know, other not only men, but everyone that speaks out about their, their struggles and kind of their experiences. Um, it just helps others feel more comfortable in talking about it. And when you talk about it, um, it allows you to get through it, not only, you know, faster, um, but it, it also helps, Down the line, because you you still, I still have my bad days and my good days, but I'm able to, I guess, recover faster, if you will, because I'm able to reach out to certain people that I know will, will can relate and will talk about it. And so, I mean, there are times reading this, Ben, where in a weird way, like I'm like, feel like I'm kind of reading like your diary at a time, but like in the best way, you know, because you're so vulnerable and open in it, and that means a lot to people who do feel alone because it, you know, even if it's just one person, that's what I always say. I talk about my experience on the show and if it affects just one person and they feel comfortable enough to speak on or to reach out to somebody or to seek therapy, then, you know, that's, that's well worth it. So yeah. So shout, shout out yeah, to you making a lot more people feel, you know, not, not lonely. So
4: mm-hmm. it's interesting. Cause it didn't start out as a journal. Um,
0: and, uh, Oh, we lost you Ben. Well, while Ben is rebooting, um, I will share the story of when I was felt most alone. And that was when probably like getting into my twenties when I was the only person in my friend group, I was starting to be the only person in my friend group who like had never had a boyfriend and I had never had sex. And the whole virgin thing was getting me to feel very, um, I couldn't relate to a lot of people at that point because I was like the only one left. And I was, and it was very much out of choice, but when the conversation, when conversations would come up in groups of friends that didn't know that I was a virgin and they'd start talking about like their best time or their first time. I'd be like, does anybody need anything else to drink? And I'd like, you know, jump up and it'd be like so awkward because I just, I was like, how do we get off this topic? How do I not let right. people on this? Like, it's such an intimate thing to talk about. Like, um, yeah,
7: like
12: like playing Never Have I Ever and you still have all five fingers I'll up and like, everybody else is
0: down. Like, like, when Never Have I Ever <laughs> would be suggested as a game, my heart would drop. I'd be like, I'm out. I hate Never Have I Ever. No, it's so lame.
8: Um, so
0: I, yeah, I definitely started to feel very alone then. And I always kind of kept that part of me as something that just my best friends would know. Um, And then on the show, I was open about it in my audition process, which of course led me to being, you know, encouraged to talk Mm -hmm. about it on the show. And on the show, again, I felt very scared and alone. And felt like it was such a turn off and I was like no but I'm so I'm so weird for being a 26 year old virgin but then it's weird that it's weird it's uh coincidental it's it's ironic that Becca is gonna be up next because Becca actually was one of the first people who made me feel very much not alone we were sitting around she's like why are you so upset I'm like I just told everybody that I'm a virgin and she's like me too I'm like (laughs) no way no way. And that was kind of the beginning of me being like, Oh, like I can, I, I did embrace it as a decision, but I didn't necessarily embrace it as like something to talk to people about. So, um, then as soon as everybody knew because of the show, I actually felt very much less alone because so many people would come up to me and talk about how they related to me in that and said, thank you for providing me somebody on TV that I can look up and say, oh, hey, I'm not alone in this area.
4: Yeah. It's interesting how, sorry, I cut out for a second, but I'm back and I should be good now. I've tested everything. Um, I caught everything you were saying, you just couldn't see me. Oh, it's yeah. interesting how some of our most like vulnerable moments connect us the most with others. Uh, and I think that is something to learn, too, is just to recognize that, is the moments that like make us feel most disconnected and make us feel the most pain actually connect us to others, because as we said at the beginning, Every uh, most people, if not everybody, and I'm going to say everybody has felt some sort of pain. And, uh, and when you hear somebody's story, it's really hard not to like them. It's really hard uh, not to want to get to know more about them. And uh, and I think that's just a good lesson for us all to know. Um, Blake, thanks for talking to that. Now, I know we have a, a minute or two here left with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you up to these days? What can people how can people go find you? How can they celebrate you? What, what's going on in Blake's life?
12: Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get into that. Too. I do want to touch base because I don't think I've ever I've talked about it maybe once, Ben, when we were on that mental health um kind of panel that we were on. But I remember kind of what going off what you just said. I remember Ben, you said something to me that has still stuck with me two years ago. It was two years ago, right through going through paradise. But you said, you know, coming off the bachelorette, you weren't that relatable because you had this like quote unquote, golden image. But he's like, right now and what you're going through, you'll never be more relatable than you are right now. And that stuck with me because I was like, you're right. Like you just said, everybody's been through pain. Everybody's hit rock bottom. and everybody's bottom might be different, but everybody's hit a rock bottom and you know people can relate to that so i I just thank you for saying that because that stuck with me over the last two years and everything so um that meant a lot because i was like you know what you're right and that was like a moment where i was like okay i'm gonna talk about my experience i'm gonna try and relate to people and hopefully help others along the way so um yeah and then as far as like where you can find me, everything yeah i uh you know, I've been, I've been, up, I got a podcast now, Behind the Rose podcast. I was a guest on it this week. Yeah, yeah. Ashley was our guest on our uh, Bachelor recap. Uh, that went great, and um, yeah, we do some Bachelor recaps on Monday, and then we got a lot of um, some reality stars come on talk about their experience on the show. We're very mental health focused. Um, we have musicians, a lot of country musicians come on and discuss life on the road, their story, how they deal with mental health and, you know, the stresses that come with living in the public eye and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. I'm passionate about and I'm um, still here in Denver and, uh, yeah, that's about it. So, you can find me at Malake on Instagram and, uh, go listen to behind the rose podcast.
4: Yeah, I know. Uh, we're hoping soon, uh, you're going to be able to get back out there. Uh, DJ world, yes. keeping traveling the U S, uh, People can come find you there, but until then, they can listen to you again on Behind the Road po- Rose podcast. Ashley was a guest. I've done it. Um, you can go back, I, I don't know, a couple weeks and find that one. Uh, Blake, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for uh, sharing Appreciate uh, everything with us. Thanks for celebrating.
12: Yeah, congrats, Ben.
7: Bye. Thanks, bye.
4: Up next, uh, Ashley, we do have a really special guest, somebody we both love uh, with our full hearts. She's one of the kindest, sweetest people I've ever met in my life. Uh, you and her are one of just, I think, four people from the Bachelor world that I asked to write a uh, endorsement on the book. Uh, Becca is here right now. Hi. Becca Tilly, everybody. <laughs>
0: Becca, we were just talking about moments like you know when we first, when we most felt alone in life, and I was saying that you do you remember during that rose ceremony cocktail hour you when I was crying because I was open about being a virgin and then you go yeah. me too and I was like oh my god that's like when my whole I like saw a shining star I was like somebody else she's like a and she's, uh, I don't know, she's like the full package
8: that moment lives on with me because I remember I hadn't talked about being a bird like I, I was like I'm not I don't want that to be like my storylines so I'm not even going to bring it up during casting and then I would just, like, you were crying, and then when you shared it with me, my first reaction I was like, oh, me too. And then I was like, oh, I, just, oh, no. I have a mic on, there's like seven cameras on me, like, great. <laughs> I was so bad afterward, I was like, oh my god, she was, she was relating to me, and now she's sucked in it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, battle of the virgins after that. <laughs>
4: please, please tell me that this is one of those scenarios where, like, Ashley's crying, there's maybe, like, one camera following her. Or- Um, And then all of a sudden you say that and every camera camera just swirls as fast as possible right up on you. Is that what
5: happened? Oh,
8: immediately there was someone goes, Becca, interview ITM. And I was like, (laughs) oh, man. And and then I was standing there and she's like, so just say I'm a virgin. And that that line came on. It was used multiple times throughout the
4: season. Oh, isn't it funny? Isn't our lives interesting? Well, uh, Becca, I'm really thankful you joined us. Uh, I've said it and I mean it. Um, There are a few people from this Bachelor world who has impacted me uh, greatly. You are definitely one of them. Ashley knows she is one of them, but you are 100% one of those people. You've been so kind uh, to my now fiance, Jessica. You've been so kind to me. We've had uh, really great conversations around uh, faith and politics and life. Uh, I'm asking every guest that comes on one question. Ashley has to answer it as well. And I've asked this question to Ashley already uh, before, but I really want to hear from you. There's a chapter in the book, and you've read the book, but it talks about connecting with self and eliminating labels, expectations, all the shame, all the guilt, all the things that have been placed us on us by this world, leaving us to ask the question, like, who are we if everything else goes away? Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you that question, Becca, because there's a lot to you uh, and a lot of beauty to you. Uh, who are you, Becca Tilly, if all of those things get wiped away?
6: Oh,
8: Um, I mean, to be just truly honest, I'm in the process of figuring that out. Like, I think this year more than ever, I have actually really made an effort to figure out the answer to that question, because I think I've spent a, a lot of my life like living for the expectations of other people. And, um, And especially being on such a huge show and having a platform and people have these like very specific expectations of what lane they want you in and what they want you to say and how they want you to um, approach things. And I finally this year like started going to therapy because I was like, I can't I have to I need someone to kind of help me get there because I think my whole life has been this. Um, pleasing other people. And I almost didn't even know how to stop doing that on my own because I didn't even realize I was doing it. Um, So I don't even know if that's a a good answer to your question, but that is kind of, I'm like that whole question has been my journey this last year.
4: It's, it's a great answer. Uh, One, because it's true. Um, (laughs) So there's not like a right answer to that. I think for me, it's nice to hear that and it's interesting because the more and more i ask that question to people as i wrote the book and as as people out there watching most people are in that place i'm in that place where it's a constant journey it's a constant um asking of that question who am i who am i today who am i in this moment who am i in this response to this thing this thing is making me feel angry or confused why like who am i in this in this time in this event and and i think that's i i think that might be the answer and i and i The reason I ask this and the reason I say that is because I'm sure there's people out there who have seen both of you uh, on social media and said, wow, uh, those girls are beautiful. They have it all together. They've got it figured out. They're doing their thing. Life seems to be easy. Like They've got it. And they go, I just wish I could could be like them. I just wish I could have it all figured out. Both of your responses. So, Ashley, I've already asked you the question of who are you, and you can answer it if you'd like right now. Um, but I want to ask you that question is like, so when people assume that or think that about you, what would be your response
0: to that? Ooh, I mean, you definitely only see one side, if, if even a side of a person (laughs) watching them on TV, you're seeing like the smallest little bit and, um, you know, you often see like either like the funniest side Uh, like the most put together side. You could, in my situation, see like the most like uh, emotional side, but you're definitely not seeing all of their struggles and you're not seeing like, you're not always seeing their insecurities and stuff. Like there's plenty of life beyond what they see on TV. And I think that everybody, or any screen actually for that matter. So um, you just have to take that into consideration every time you're feeling envious of somebody's life through a screen.
8: Mm. Yeah, wow. it's true. It's very true. Becca? I just I, I think it's it's so almost comical for people to think that like all of us have it all together, you know? Yeah. Like the the I consider y'all some of my closest friends from the show and some of our conversations we've had. And um I would say both of you are do a very good job of being vulnerable i don't think you put on this like facade that everything's perfect on social media but it is funny that to think that people have that idea that there's no insecurities there's no struggles it's all together there's no anxiety it's all just easy going all the time which for me is not the case (laughs) Mm -hmm. it hasn't been the case
6: at all it's uh
4: yeah, I, I even tonight. You know, I'm sitting here and I was getting ready to do this, and I, Jessica was getting ready to head out. And I was, she's like, "How you doing?" And I was like, "I don't know. I have my my stomach's in knots. I have a very anxious stomach. I I, I don't know right now. I don't know how I feel, how I think. I, I just I'm I'm trying my best on." And um, that's it's weird because I was I was also getting ready to first for the first time take time. I had a Markland Encounter to celebrate this book because it's been a lot of interviews and it's been a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. And it's been a lot of questions about my ex relationships. And it's been a lot of questions about how I write in the book about my struggle with addiction. And it's those things are like, how many times can I talk about those things in the course of a day before I kind of become numb to them, like before they no longer ha- like before I'm just a fraud again. And I'm, I'm right. Re- I am the thing I write about in the book that I don't want to be the most. Um.
8: But yeah. How do you, I mean, you're you're uh, at certain point and I know you both have experienced this, but you have your truth, you have the answer to the questions they have, you can when you're being asked the same question over and over again, you're only able to tell your truth. And by the time the end of the day comes, you've repeated your truth so many times that you feel like it's not even your truth anymore, because it just became like autopilot. So
0: But Ben, I know that you had some times while writing this book where you would like get into a deep, dark hole. And it's because like you kept going back to your past and thinking so much about it. But you're just know that like, you are not alone in those moments. Like that happens to everyone. Even it's like long drives in the car by yourself. And and you're like, oh my God, that memory leads to that memory, leads to that memory. Um, But I do want to wrap up this interview with, with Becca in a fu- in a little fun light, because we both met you around the same time, and uh, we both definitely felt the si- very similar ways about like the endearingness and just like the the special attention that you get from Ben when you first meet him. How, um, what was your favorite first f- first ish memory of Ben? Like, what made what was like a, a great first memory? um <laughs> i would
8: probably say
0: nice, Mecca. no no I, I they're all nice that's the thing it's like which beautiful memory do you share Uh,
8: oh, you know my one of my favorite memories is actually probably at uh your wedding and i had so many before them when i was on your i came on to your season because i just i just thought you were so great and um but when we were at your wedding ash um there was just this, it felt like Ben and Je- like I had just met Jess and it just felt like my friends and I was able to share some things that I hadn't shared with a lot of people from the um, Bachelor world at that time and my friend groups there. And he just, he's just everything that everyone thinks he is. He really is. No,
4: <laughs> the uh, I have a good Becca memory. In fact, uh, Be- uh, Becca came onto the season and in Worse Indiana um i said goodbye to becca and it was not easy uh and i sat down on a park bench with her i thought the park bench is still there and she goes she just glares at me and i was like oh no (laughs) like because like i had this like just deep and i knew like after the show she went i wanted her to be one of the first people i reached out to and be like becca like we can still be friends like i love you like i care about you like and she just looked right through me and i was like i'm done like this is over <laughs> no uh, i was
8: like I, you told me you want to do this
4: <laughs> yeah yeah you told me you would to do this but yeah. and i was like ah i lied hey yeah. uh, becca uh thank you for coming on thank you for thank writing you. the acknowledgement uh again um scrubbing in podcast uh with becca and tanya is something to
6: listen to something to pick up
4: um, something to put in your ears anytime you can. Becca Dilly, everybody, thank you. I'm so proud Bye. Of
6: you.
0: Congratulations. Bye. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you. Ben, before we go to a QA with yeah. uh, some of the the watchers right now, I just want to share my my first memory of you. And yeah. I know I've done this on the podcast before, but like we were in my hotel room with a whole bunch of other people after Mental All. And I just remember literally being mind blown by how good of a listener and like how engaged you were in conversation with people for the first time, like even though there was chaos or maybe not like chaos, but a lot of things going on. It was a very exciting night. Like when you're talking to someone, you give them your time and all your like energy and all their, all your brain. And it's really, really something. It's really nice. And it makes everybody feel so special. Well, and it's not just me. Like even when, like my parents and stuff, when you were at our wedding, like everybody who's meeting you for the first time feels the same way.
4: That's so sweet. See, Ash, you know we've done this thing together now for four years. So we met on that night. Uh, we've been doing this weekly for four years together. Um, yes, we can celebrate the book, and I would love to. But we also got to celebrate that tonight. Uh, that is always something to remember and something that. We, uh, you are, you are my longest standing relationship to date. I met Jessica. Yeah.
0: Same, a partnership. Um, But I do think that your listening skills and the fact that you just zone in on people's stories helps so much in the creation of this book, because I mean, like you care like no one else. It's amazing. All right. So shall, shall we move into some questions?
4: We should, yeah, we should definitely do that. Um, how's the house hunting going, Ashley? This one's from Christy.
0: <laughs> wow, what a different topic. Um, we have decided. Well, basically, we're going to like move out of our apartment next month, which is so weird. We're going to be like just bouncing this. around between um, his sister's house and my family's house until we can get like a good like, and a rental that we like enough to stay in for like about six months. And hopefully that would take us into the the building of our own home in Rhode Island. So that's how the house hunting is going. We've kind of given up on house hunting and we've decided that we're going to go straight into building, even though that was something that we were planning on doing for a couple of years. We just feel like that's what both of our guts are pulling us
4: towards. I didn't know this. That's big news. Uh, So what do you do with all your stuff? So you're packing it all up. Is it going to Rhode Island and you guys are just going to couch surf?
0: Yeah, it's going to Rhode Island. Um, It's going to stay in a storage unit for a while. And then, so his sister's husband is away um, in the military. He's in Bahrain until November. So we have our own room there and then we have plenty of space at my parents. So we're just going to spend time with family until like May. And then we may look into getting a place in Rhode Island for six months to a year and then you know if la calls back next year and everything is like up and running and we have to be here for work we may get a small place like in the valley
4: okay two questions for you just follow up answer them as quick as you want are you ready to leave la i know this is hard for you um i guess that's it are you ready to live leave (laughs) la and i guess are you ready to go to rhode island
0: so yes and no like the the fact of that we're leaving this apartment that I thought that we were gonna stay in for a long, like at least like another two or three years, makes me feel weird because like this was such a gem. And when I found it, I was like, I'm never letting it go. The city of LA, I'm actually pretty cool with leaving right now. I think it has to do with an age thing. It may have to do with a COVID thing, uh, but it just doesn't have the magic that it had for me at one point. It's so very glittery when you move here. Um, And everything is exciting um a lot of it is very superficial and a lot of it is very fun for single people but like once you like get to that i'm married like we like to nest and like make dinner every night type situation it doesn't have as much of an appeal and then um i'm definitely ready to move to rhode island because i love rhode island that's that's gonna be fun the winters maybe not so much i'm looking into getting heated hardwood floors
4: (laughs) yeah Call Jessica. She can tell you all about cold weather. Right now, she <laughs> has uh, cold weather driving gloves, a parka, and a hat that she drives in her car with. So when you see her, she looks like a marshmallow driving down the road. It's it's actually very Does she
0: very- have the electric gloves?
4: Yeah, she literally does. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, next question that we got sent in. This one's from Madeline. What I guess this is to me. What was your favorite part to write? Uh, my favorite part, uh, maybe the part I got the most out of. Okay, I wanna say my least favorite part because it turned into my favorite part uh, okay. now. Uh, I was on a tour bus uh, for Bachelor Live on stage and I had to write the last section of the book and it was about my connection with God. And at that point in time, after hearing uh, the stories in the book, like Annie's and there's many others that are written about, uh, I had a lot of doubt, questions and confusion and I was in a really heavy, dark place. I was actually, in uh, it was 3 a.m. every morning um, for a month and a half, I was waking up in deep sweats my heart was racing and I was having like the scariest thoughts. Like I couldn't get bad thoughts out of my head. And so that's what sent me into my second round of counseling because I was having, I mean, what they call now like a panic attack, but this wasn't just like an anxious attack, which I had today, like where my body starts sweating and stuff. This was like
0: was full anxiety attack and a panic attack.
4: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so like, these were like full on. And it was because I don't, I don't really know the reason yet. I, I'm not having them right now. Um, but, it was a really big growth season for me because i was digging into like why i say i believe in jesus why i say believe in god in general like if i do believe in a god what is that like what then is my response if i don't what would that mean for me and these are huge life questions and it helped me now filter through some of these things that like maybe i, I hadn't spent as much, much time as, as i needed to i say the second part of that is listening to these stories of humans that are incredible. Some of them are no longer with us, but incredible humans. That was actually a lot of fun for me because I got to grow through that. Um, and they spent their time with me, um, like Annie, uh, spinning it up until the last breath she took. So I don't, I don't want to take those things for granted. Those, that was, I guess, uh, enjoyable feels like a weird part, word to use, but it was, it was helpful and I'll never forget it. Um, I think there's one more qu- question. I got
0: another question for you. Yeah. It's from Caitlin. And it says, what inspired you to write this book? Like, was there a pivotal moment that inspired it or was it truly just, they came to you to ask, would you write a book?
4: Well, uh, let's answer that. So yeah, that was why I wrote the book as because they came and asked. Um, but the concept of the book ha- had existed long before that. Uh, and it really happened and actually and we've talked about it, but you know, my story is this, and it's not one to feel bad about. It's just my story is I moved to Denver, Colorado. I was an only child. I had no friends in Denver, but it was the only job that offered me a job. And so I went and took this job. I knew nobody out there. And so for a year of my life, I would go to work. I'd go back home. I would sit on my couch uh, and I would go to bed and wake up. And it was a really sad life. Like I was not doing well, Um, I had not made friends. I had not dated uh, and it was just kind of a spiral out of control. Well, long story short, the bachelor calls. I go on the bachelor and then all of a sudden, Uh, I become the bachelor and the tagline for that season is the perfect Ben. And as soon as I saw it, my heart dropped because I realized that I was never going to live up to that expectation. I was going to fall short of that. And even if I try to live up to that expectation, that's not how I want people to know me. I don't want them to know me as this perfect human because that's far, far from who I am. And I want people to be able to look at me and say, Hey, he's willing to sit in my, my with me. Like he's willing to sit with me in my worst moments. I don't want him to look at me and think, Oh, he's just, a fake and a fraud and he can't relate with me. And so that happens. Then I become the bachelor and there's a lot of attention that comes with that. And some of that attention feels really good. Initially, it feels really like addicting and euphoric and it feels really, really exciting. And then it fades. And I remember this, this is an interesting story that I don't write about in the book and I'll I'll close because we only have a few minutes left here. Um, I remember this, uh, it was my final episode. My parents were up on stage with me. And Chris Harrison, there's a clock in the back that shows how much time's left in the show. And there was three minutes left in the clock. And he was done. Like somehow they had messed up. He was done. He looked at me. And he goes, Ben, at commercial break, he says, Ben, uh, do you have a few words you could say for three minutes? Because we need three minutes to fill. I was like, I don't, yeah, I'll try something. And I stood up there. I was like, what do you want to say? And it hit me. I, was, I, I said, and, and I remember this. I said. This is my last time uh, as the bachelor on this stage. I know this has been my 15 minutes of fame, fame and I know it's ending and, I, and if I have one thing to give I just want to say thank you because I knew that that show was going to change my life forever enhance it forever. Well, long story short fame fades. I got into a really dark place, a breakup happens, even darker place and I started journaling and and that kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier and uh, and that's where the journal came from. I just I wasn't doing well and I needed to keep building upon this journal that I had started when when I first moved to Denver,
0: wow, that's this is totally meant to be. Like, honestly, like everything seems like it's just leading up to this book being meant to be because I do think that like your purpose in in one of your one of your purposes is to make people feel less alone. And if you didn't have those moments, as horrible as that is, then people wouldn't be able to read this and then they wouldn't be able to relate and feel better about their loneliness. Like I was before you started talking like five minutes ago, I was like, I wonder if him being an only child, like led to like a lot of the loneliness that he feels and then I was like, no, like there's a bigger picture here. There's like so many little elements that add yeah. up you you, like having the background to write a book like this, and therefore makes so many people feel better.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I'm not mad. I mean, it's kind of why we say like, I don't want to be the victim in this because some of those hard, some of the hardest moments built an empathy and a relatability inside of me where I can look across the table and said, I've been there, and I know what you. I know what you don't need to hear, and that's me trying to fix you. I can just sit with you in this because I know you've been there uh ashley tonight's been really special to me uh thank you for sitting with me thank you for always supporting me thank you for being my co-host and us i don't even think we've ever argued um which is pretty impressive um
0: that's actually even when we call and like we call each other about how to handle situation we're pretty much always on the same page
4: (laughs) we're pretty good at it uh but thank you for your support here tell jared thank you for his support uh thank you for so much Spending this evening um, talking about my book and, and doing it here on this platform. Thanks to iHeart, the Almost Famous team, uh, for doing this with me tonight. And thank you for all you out there watching. Uh, I, I wish I could give you all big hugs, um, but we can't.
0: Where's your favorite place for people to get the book?
4: The local bookstore. Um, I'm always an encourager of the small local bookstore. They need the help. Uh, Obviously, those businesses are struggling, but if you don't go there, it's on Amazon. I I read the Audible book myself, and you heard me reading earlier. I mess up often, so you got to imagine how much time that took me.
0: Actually, I was very surprised when you were reading those three pages, how like you didn't stumble at all. I'd be like, oh God, he must have read this over and over again for him to be so smooth. And I'm not saying that about you. I mean, you know what I mean? Because I cannot, yeah. I could never read. We only we read ads. We're like, oh, mm. great, cut that out, cut that out. So you are perfect at reading your own book.
4: Yeah, it, it happens. So the Audible's out there, Kindle, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, all those places, uh, you can go get it. Or you can just go to benhigginsbook.com right now and order it from there. Hey, uh, Ashley, we're gonna do this the same way we always do it because this has been a blast. Uh, thank you for joining the Almost Famous Podcast uh, promoting my new book, Uh, Alone in Plain Sight. And Ashley, it's very in here. You have a book out there. What is it called?
0: (gasps) Lucy and Clark, A Story of Puppy Love. And you can get it at LucyandClarkBook.com. How sweet of you to plug. Right.
4: right. Hey, with that, I've been Ben. I've been
0: Ashley. Bye, guys. guys.
5: Thank you so much. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts
1: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just eight ninety seven at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Ashley, is
4: it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course.
0: Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts.
2: 351 0300 and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Right here, right now.
10: Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee.